Sarah, I started a Substack last spring, just kind of as an experiment, and it turns out I love it. I'm treating it kind of like an old school blog, writing about things that are happening in my life. Megan, I've loved following your stuff on Substack, and I actually just really like Substack in general. You know, we've both been a lot less active on Instagram lately, and I'm finding that Substack scratches that itch to connect and create without all the busyness of a typical social media feed. So I would love it if Mom Hour listeners wanted to look me up there. I'm at meganfrancis.substack.com, and that's Megan with two A's, M-E-A-G-A-N francis.substack.com. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Mom Hour. I am Megan Francis here with Sarah Powers. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Megan. How are you? I'm excited about today's topic because this is one of our More Than Mom episodes, which we do a couple Sundays a month, and it means we get to talk about something a little fluffy, a little fun, and I can't wait to talk about the fact that you're 40 now. I am. I have joined the club. How does it feel? Good. I'm, I'm ready. It doesn't matter if I'm ready or not because I just no, here it I is. am. <laughs> but it's no. kind of like having a baby. It's yeah. already happening, right? Yes. <laughs> it happened. Yeah. And it it happened. Good. It feels good. Well, I'm glad to hear that. And we're going to talk about milestone birthdays in general. Um, but also just kind of this whole idea of getting older and how we feel about it. And do we have like, do we look forward to our milestone birthdays? Do we change things up about our health or wellness or beauty routines um, at certain ages? So this is going to be a really fun one. I'm excited. So first, tell us about your birthday. Like you had a big party, you mm -hmm. went out to your parents in Santa Barbara. Tell us a little bit about the weekend. And also just like, let us know, you did a lot of lead up to this. So do you generally like leading up to milestone birthdays or was this one special or? I think this one, this one felt big. I'm a few years younger than a lot of my friends and colleagues. So you're two and a half years older than me. I, most of my local friends are like at least five years older than I am. And so I do feel like I observed a lot of people turning 40 and this one did feel like a bigger milestone. So I would say I I counted down literally. I did a 40 days to 40 walking um, little challenge for myself where I walked 40 minutes a day every day for 40 days. And I did that almost to kind of distract myself from it's not that I felt anxious about turning 40, but I did feel like, OK, this day is coming and everyone's asking about it. And so the walking kind of gave me something to do with that lead up. It was also just um coincidentally, that 40 days was like the first 40 days of the new year. So it felt like a like a kickoff to 2020 and a countdown to my birthday at the same time. So I wouldn't say I'm always like that, but I did definitely mark the passage of time. And then the weekend was great. Um, my birthday fell on the Friday of what was a four day weekend for us with school. Um, so a lot of people go skiing or take a long weekend. We went up to my hometown in Santa Barbara. We had a chef catered dinner party, which was super fun. Like a like a chef came to the house and did a little cooking demonstration and then served a great meal. Um, and we did some other just family things together. So yeah, it was it was great. Everybody was healthy. I know uh, on Tuesday's episode, we're going to be talking about <laughs> sickness and health, but everybody <laughs> was healthy for my birthday. And um, it, it was great. It went well. I love that. Well, I actually just realized the other day that I am now, I believe officially, if not quite there, then I'm almost closer to 45 than 40. Mm. And it kind of freaked me out because I just so identified, like, I don't know, once I hit four, like, it doesn't feel that long ago that I hit 40. Yeah. And I've just sort of identified with 40, even though now I'm 42 and a I half. I identify right? you with being just more recently 40. I mean, I was there. Yes. It doesn't seem like that long ago. No, it doesn't seem like that long. And things do go by quicker like the older we get. I know it's very cliche, but it's very true. And so now that I'm looking forward to my 45th birthday, I'm like, oh, things are just starting to kind of move along here. And it just feels a little weird. Like it feels weird to think that at some like some point relatively soon, that's the milestone mm -hmm. I'll be closest to and then pass and 40 will be in the rearview mirror, which yeah. is really kind of weird. Yeah. Um, so how do you usually feel? I mean, 40 is a big one. Yeah. But think back to some of your other milestone birthdays, like 16, 21, 30. Do you usually feel any kind of way about them? Do you take them in stride? Are they exciting to you? And do you remember anything about those birthdays in particular? 
I think for 16 and 21, it was all excitement, right? Like, I don't think yeah. I had any, like, existential thoughts about those birthdays except car keys and legal drinking. Like, it just yeah. was, it felt exciting. It felt like rites of passage that you go through. 30, um, I remember the year I was 29, kind of feeling like, where did my 20s go? Like, it just mm-hmm. felt like, I felt like I was still, like, 24, and then all of a sudden I was 29. And the weird thing was, once I turned 30, I was totally fine. It was it had nothing to do with turning 30, and 30 is so lovely and young. But I, I had this whole feeling, almost the whole year I was 29, like, wait, this just went really fast. Um, mm-hmm. And part of that is the stage I was in life. I got married at 25, got pregnant at 27. By, by 29, 30, I was pregnant with my second. So a lot happened in the second half of my 20s, and it was more just like a, wow, time flies. Um, and so, yes, I wouldn't say like I've done huge, big things or celebrated them in any big way, but I definitely remember being aware of 30 in a way that I was not with 16 and 21. Yeah. What's funny for me is the end of my twenties was when I experienced the phenomenon of forgetting how old I was. And (laughs) that tends, that to me tends to be like a closer I get to the milestone, the more I lose track of what I am not yet the milestone. Mm-hmm, so I did the mm-hmm. same thing in my 30s. Like I got to 38 and kept thinking I was 39. And then I was 39. And for a while, I forgot and thought I was 38. Like I couldn't get a hold on where how old I was. Yeah. And I did the same thing in my late 20s. It was kind of disorienting. Um, now, when I turned 30, I had a house full of little kids mm-hmm. and didn't have any plans at all. And I remember someone blog her. I lived in Chicago at the time. And Owen was a baby. Owen was like a toddler. And somebody had a ticket to blog her and I got to take it like on my birthday, the, the evening of my birthday. Okay. And so I went, it was at Navy Pier. And blog her and, for those who don't know, it was a really oh yeah, big, sorry. no, it's okay. It was a huge blogging conference, like the big, the first one. Yeah. And it was enormous. And it was the first time I'd gone. And so I got to go and I knew some people, but I didn't know tons of people there. And so I got, I remember getting dropped off like at the door at Navy Pier and going in. And then at some point, the person I was hanging out with said, you know, I have a really early flight. I'm just going to go to the airport tonight and settle in. Do you want my room? Oh, wow. And so I got to stay all night. And like, I still, to this day, I don't know that I've seen this woman in like five, six, seven years or longer, maybe, but I just have such fond memories of that because I got to call home and be like, I think I'm staying. And I turned 30. I'm not coming home. And it was the first night I believe I had left Owen overnight. Um, and I turned 30 downtown Chicago at Navy Pier. We stay at the W, which is, you know, mm-hmm. kind of a very hip swank hotel. So anyway, it was um, a lot of fun. And I just remember feeling how weird. it was so weird because I had one foot in this in my 20s, which for me had been baby, 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 baby. Mm-hmm. And then one foot in this sort of professional blogger yeah. world that I was moving into in my 30s. And it was just, I don't know, it was kind of symbolic. And you cool. probably also had your friend, I'm guessing, because I know some of your blogging friends and the the OG mom bloggers. Yeah. You were probably the baby among a lot of them because a lot you, of, yes. you had a bunch of kids, but you started really young. So they probably were like, oh, you're turning 30. <laughs> yeah. No, they thought it was adorable. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's so funny to think that I was, I was kind of the baby in that world for, in my circle for a long time. Yeah. So, all right. So do you think, your next milestone birthday is 45 or do you think it's 50? I'm wondering if I have one coming up or not. I feel like it's 50 and it might just be because I'm coming off of a four day weekend where I'm like, I don't need to eat any more cake. I don't need to have any more cheers. 45 just, that feels like great. Like if you want a milestone, you should get it. Um, I do have several friends who are 50 or turning 50. So I feel like, like I said, a lot of my friends are older than I am. So I'm starting to see, you know, trips, cool travels for their 50th or, cool parties. And that's fun to see. I, I don't feel like I need a milestone at 45. If I'm just happy yeah. and healthy and all is well in the world, I'll, I'll be good at 45. <laughs> well, either way, I mean, it's going to happen one way or the other, right? And I'm just thinking like, compared to my 40th birthday, my 41st and 42nd, we're very chill. Right. I'm, I don't really even remember. I went to dinner one time with some friends and maybe went to dinner with some friends the other time too. Like nothing big happened. So I would like to look forward to a party. Mm-hmm. For me, the party is always the thing I look forward to, the celebration. And then the milestone itself, like, I think I kind of blow it off like I don't care. But then I think I actually do internalize it and give it more weight than I realize I'm doing. It's just that I don't kind of realize it's happening until after the birthday has passed. Mm-hmm. And then I have a chance to look back. And what's really interesting about my 40s is that when I turn 45, I will be down one more kid. So I'll mm-hmm. be down to two school-aged kids. 
And then when I turn 50, they'll all be out of school. That's crazy. Think about how much my life is going to change in the next seven and a half years. Yeah. It blows my mind. Yeah. Blows my mind. Well, I think also when I'm 50, I think I will have a senior in high school, maybe. I think that might be my last. Well, I think we've we've talked about this. I was I was 32 about to turn 33 when I had my last. Yeah. So I think I'll still have a kid at home when I turn 50, but that will be the last year. That's crazy. Yeah. 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 Clara might actually still be. I know for sure. I mean, I'll be she'll be 18 by the time I turn 50. Right. So that's crazy. Yeah. But I think she'll have just graduated. Yeah, I was yeah, your summer. Yeah, we're right in the same boat because I'll just be midway yep. through this through that senior school year. With Violet. it's just such a difference when I look back to thirty, how relatively same same. Even uh-huh. though my my kids' situation, they all got older, but my life situation didn't really change that much. Yeah, from, in that ten years. So, okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member Katie were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from our place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the Forever Chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR. Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready-to-eat meals from our sponsor, Factor. Factor's delicious meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons like breakfast, lunch, snacks, and beverages to keep you fueled all day long. So our team was comparing notes recently on our favorite Factor meals, and Katie loved the herb-crusted chicken with mashed cauliflower and toasted almond green beans. I loved that one, too. And get this, so did her little boy, Charlie. She heated it up for lunch one day, and Charlie, who's three, ate almost all of the green beans. I mean, that's quite an endorsement, right? I was going to say, what a parenting win. (laughs) And I get it, Charlie. Those green beans are crazy good. And if you really want to treat yourself, they even have meals with filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. Listeners, head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour5050 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, so I think the biggest takeaway or maybe effect of a big milestone birthday is that whatever angst you might have about the number, that's, you know, irrelevant. But once that's done and then the celebration itself is over, you are left with this proof of Mm -hmm. the fact that life goes on and you are in whatever the new decade or whatever is, period, and you're changing and you're continuing to evolve and grow. And I think sometimes that number can be a good incentive or reminder to make some changes to different things in your life. I totally agree. Um, it's funny. I was getting my hair done right before my long weekend, getting my grays covered. And my hairstylist asked me, she's like, so do you do you feel anxious at all? Like now that it's getting closer or you? And I said, well, I kind of I had a little teeny bit of anxiety is not the right word, but um, thoughts on two things. One was I was a little worried that the day itself, my actual birthday was going to feel a little underwhelming because the party was planned for the next night, which was by choice. Um, And I had told Brian, like, we don't need to do anything really big on my birthday. We'll be up at my parents' house. And then I but then I started thinking, I don't want it to feel too normal. Like, I don't want to just sit around and have everybody looking at me being like, what do you want to do? And like 
Anyway, so that was one. And the other was exactly what you said, which is after it's all over, I was a little worried about some kind of like letdown or like now what? And so that's where mm-hmm. I am this, you know, this week. And and actually it's been great. Like it's, it was a very celebratory weekend, which made me very ready to um, almost have a second new year, right? Like the last, mm-hmm. like the first six weeks of the year was getting ready for my big milestone birthday. And now it's like, I get another, like another new, new decade, new year reset, like you said. And there is just a lot more. I feel like with every decade, there's just more to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of those things obviously is health. So I know because you mentioned it, <laughs> that before you even turned 40, you took care of a bunch of your 40 year old screenings because of course you I did. did. Um, but overall, do you think turning 40 is going to change the way you look at your health? Um, are you going to be even more vigilant about screenings? Are you going to like be a totally by the book? I'm sure I know the answer know. to this, but <laughs> I know yeah. this is, I wrote in our outline, don't hate me. I do everything I'm supposed to do. I'm like, a, <laughs> because I do, I do, I, I can get anxious about health stuff. So one of the things that helps me is by staying on top of all my preventive care. So even before I turn 40, like I have a well woman exam once a year. I also get a regular physical once a year and I purposely space them out about 50, 50 so that I'm seeing a provider about every six months and I get my teeth cleaned every six months, blah, blah, blah. But what I did do is um, I've never had a dermatologist and I've never had an eye doctor because I haven't had needs for either of those. I, I don't really, I'm not really prone to skin issues or moles or anything like that. So those were two things I decided to do like baseline screenings for. So dermatology and just eye doctor stuff. Um, and I think I'm just someone who I feel it makes me feel on top of things to have those screenings on the books. I do have my first mammogram in April, so that is scheduled. Um, So I think I'll just continue to still be the same. Um, But I admit it comes from a place of I don't like when I hear those stories about somebody who got a bad diagnosis or something came out of nowhere. So I think it's 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 a healthy way to be. But I know it comes from a place of thinking I can like control something that I really can't. Right. Yeah, it's not going to it's not going to keep me healthy forever, but it's a good start. Yeah. Well, not surprisingly, I'm not quite as on top of it as you are. But I do think that like knowing that I'm on the other side of 40 has made me just more aware of the fact that time is going by really quickly. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I get all the basic stuff I have to have, the well women and all that stuff. There's some screenings that are still at our age considered kind of like nice to have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like depending on who you ask, maybe not 100 percent crucial. But then I've got some weird things like um, my grandma had glaucoma and I've known that one of my optic nerves is enlarged since like, you know, my 20s. Okay. So it never just seemed like such a long, far off thing at 32. But now that I'm 42, I'm like, oh, yeah, like this is a thing that could affect my life sooner than it seems. Mm -hmm. And maybe I should instead of just seeing my optometrist and having them get a baseline, maybe I should be seeing someone and possibly getting on some maintenance meds because at some point I may have to do that. Mm -hmm. So that's like one thing to think about. And then. um. My mom was actually a carrier for this really specific blood disorder um, that affects women in menopause. And like I know I've known that I carry the gene for at least 10 years because I got my genome tested when I was pregnant with Clara. And I've just given it very little thought. But because I was 32 years old. Right. And now I'm like, oh, right. I guess, you know, I could be in menopause soon. So like I should look into this. And so. That's it. Just I feel like this particular decade was the one that got me closer yeah. to all of these things being a thing. Yes, well, and it's made me and so not really just the random screenings, but just the known the known things. Yeah. are more on my mind. You yeah. start thinking about family history. Brian um, has definitely done some more specific screenings, like things like you're talking about, because of family history stuff. Um, and it it affects your whole life. It affects like what health insurance you have and like where yep. you can go get these screenings and. It's definitely I think the the um, the stakes feel a little bit higher as you get older. Can we also really quickly talk about the fact that you and I finished having kids at 31, 32, 33. So our youngest children, as we turn 40, are also in a more um, just in school full time. So there's like a little bit of overlap here in the, the decade when you start taking care of your own adulting self and when you have a little bit more breathing space to do that. And I think Mm -hmm. depending on when you had kids, if you had kids later, you could potentially still be in the infant, even pregnancy, infant, toddler years as you turn 40. And I think that would probably change things. Uh, It would just change the way you approach healthcare because when you're in those baby making years, so much of your healthcare is around childbirth. I guess in some ways it could make you more vigilant. You're getting your blood drawn more often. You're having, you know, regular exams, but you're also 
kind of like still focused on birthing the children. So I think yeah. you and I are coming at it from a kind of a similar timing of when we turned 40 and when we had our last kid. Well, and I feel like I've talked about this in the show before, but it's probably been a while that I actually had like a two or three year phase where I just completely forgot to take myself to get seen at all for mm -hmm. anything like ever because I wasn't pregnant anymore. Yeah. And so for 10 years, I was constantly getting my blood drawn, getting checked out. It was either um, prenatal or uh, or postpartum care. Mm -hmm. And I was around my, my nurse midwives all the time because I worked in their office. So it was like I was constantly like having something monitored, right, right? for like all of my 20s well into my 30s. And then suddenly that was over. And I kind of forgot, like I mm -hmm. forgot to do anything for a good two year period. And then was like, oh, right. <laughs> I have to do that for me. Yeah. <laughs> like that's about my health. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. I think it can have, I think it can be either a time of chaos where it falls off your radar, or it can be like a built in structure that when it's over, you have to recreate mm -hmm. yeah. for yourself. Yeah. So along the same lines with screenings and things like that, does being older make you feel more more motivated to eat better? And I'm talking for health, mm -hmm. not necessarily for weight or anything like that. Or make other changes like are you worried about your caffeine intake? Are you worried about certain um, like nutrients and things that you weren't really, you know, all that concerned about before? I mean, yes and no. I think part of it, again, I have more time and space to think about self-care because of the way my life has opened up with the ages of my kids. And so I think that's definitely tied to it, regardless of being 40 or not being 40. I've just I've just had more time and space to take care of myself. But I think the difference with turning 40 and thinking about getting older is I'm just much more I care much more about the long term effects of things than right. the short term. Right. And so things like wearing sunscreen every day feels like not just I mean, I used to just buy a moisturizer and it probably had sunscreen in it. And now I really do think about like this is not for tomorrow's sunburn. This is right. like for the long haul. Um, things like, you know, staying hydrated and getting enough sleep and even stress reduction. I'm someone who's prone to stress and and the physical effects of stress. And that's not I mean, that is something that you can manage day to day to day. But it is not good for long term health. Right. Um, at, at a very basic like cellular level. So I think that I still have the same priorities, but two things have changed. I have more time to think about them and I think about them in a more long term way. So I don't know. Yeah. I'm curious how you would answer that. Well, so kind of same. I guess for me, it's things like things I would not have given any thought to like five years ago or things like inflammation. Like mm -hmm. I know it's a thing. People talk about it. <laughs> I know there's all these ways you can potentially control it with diet. And there's lots of different ideas out there about how that might look. Right. Um, but I've never thought about that. Like yeah. inflammation isn't something I've thought about. I've never had to worry about my cholesterol, yeah. um, or my blood pressure. Those have always been great. And I know that in my forties, that's the kind of thing that could start to change. Mm -hmm. So like, I'm not right now making big changes or anything like that, but, but I, it is just something I'm thinking, Oh, maybe this like little honeymoon period of my blood work, always looking amazing, yeah. <laughs> no matter what I'm doing, isn't going to last forever. Yeah. And it could be one of those things where it goes downhill pretty quickly. Like yeah. I've known, um, multiple people who were great, like had great blood pressure or great cholesterol or whatever. And then suddenly it tanks and then they have to do something kind of dramatic. So it's definitely it's what I think is worrisome about it or um, no, worrisome is not the right word because I'm not actively worried. Confusing mm -hmm. maybe is that there's eight million different diets yeah. and like ways that are supposed to be the way to live a healthy post 40 life mm -hmm. as a woman. And I find it really hard to get on board a program unless I'm all in. Yeah. Unless I really understand why I believe it and why it works. And then and then it has to be like a thing. Otherwise, I'll just I always eat OK. Like yeah. I'm always eating yeah. pretty healthy. And like so I don't really think about it. So if it was something like, oh, now you really need to eat for your bad cholesterol levels. Like yeah. I'd have to almost go back to the drawing board. Yeah. I'd have to start over because I've read so many it now probably confusing. conflicting yeah. things that I would probably have to go back and be like, what's even true? what would work for me. And it, it feels like you said the kind of headspace I couldn't have been in five years ago or 10 years ago. I could be there now. I really could see myself almost falling down like a major rabbit hole yeah. with some of these kinds of things. And that could be kind of fun or not. Yeah. <laughs> so. I'm also curious you, I mean, both of your parents died relatively young, so you don't have biological no. examples of getting older healthy and and I know your both your parents had some medical issues but that also has to be kind of an interesting factor where you're yeah. not you, you're not looking at a living example of what your 
genetics look like at 70 or 75. Well, right. And their lifestyles were both not conducive to good health. I will say that like having elderly aunts Uh and my grandmas both lived pretty long. So they both lived into their 90s. And I can look at like kind of what their end of their lives were like. Mm -hmm. And it's it's reassuring because they both were very healthy. Um, but at the same time, it's like, okay, like heart disease, I guess. <laughs> like if I had to pick something that I should be on the lookout for, right. that's probably it. Um, but I don't even really know if that was, that was on my dad's side and how much of that is lifestyle and how much of yeah. that is genetic. It's really hard to say. Yeah. So yeah, it, it is. And then like my sister's 10 years older and you know, she had an aneurysm and her brain explode and almost killed her. So like, okay, <laughs> that could happen to me too, but that's a very, it is genetic, but it's also like freak it's like right. a freak thing yes too right yeah. so yeah yeah so yeah. that's um let's talk about something else <laughs> okay sorry <laughs> okay um but actually yeah the the next I guess thing after talking about health and and sort of eating and taking care of ourselves and being screened is is our physical fitness yeah. um and not just when it comes to like working out but also things like energy levels your sleep or how your body feels overall. So is there anything I'm curious that has taken you by surprise in the last five or 10 years? Um, more specifically, maybe as you closed in on 40 and I'll go first on this one. Okay. Um, cause it's something I've been thinking about lately is that I've actually been surprised by how much I can still do, like how physically capable I really am. And I don't know what I was thinking, but I think, <laughs> I think I had this idea in my head that I would start to like rapidly decline. Uh-huh. Like, Sometime in my 30s, when it came to things like my energy levels or my flexibility, um, strength. And I think what I do notice is that I lose progress faster than I used to. So mm-hmm. like if I go a month and I don't work out, I am kinked up. Like I joke that my muscles seize up. I get mm-hmm. and I atrophy. I get really tight and really sore. But on the flip side, once I start again, I can still make progress really quickly. And I'm still spry enough that mm-hmm. I could like... <laughs> If we were walking down the street right now and there was, um, you know, a stone wall in front of me, mm-hmm. I would be more likely to climb up it than go around it. Like, mm-hmm. just, you know what I mean? I like, love that there's, example. There's little things that you, I think yeah. you start to stop doing when you get older and you start to lose that. And right now, I feel like if you gave me something really challenging physically and I was motivated, I could nail it. Yeah. Um, but it's not effortless mm-hmm. anymore. Um, and the other thing that surprised me, even though people kept saying it, but I just didn't choose to listen is that my body really did settle into a very happily settled into a weight that is like 20 pounds heavier than the weight my body equally settled into being a decade ago. And they Mm -hmm. say that your body just likes to be a certain weight and that it will just gravitate toward that. And so there used to be a weight that I just was that I was always at that that weight. And then it bumped up like 15, 20 pounds. And now that's where I settle. So I'm not like always gaining my weight's not creeping up. I just get to a certain weight and my body's like, cool. Yeah. Like, this is good. I like this. Let's hang out here. And I'm like, no, no, no. How about like 10 pounds less? I would really, but the amount of work I have to do to get that 10 pounds Mm -hmm. down now is like, I mean, before I couldn't have even gotten up to that 10 pounds, I would have had to eat like jars of peanut butter all day. So it's just an interesting place to be. So anyway, what about you? Um, I feel a lot the same in terms, like you said, of energy and fitness. And when I've given myself a, a physical challenge of some kind. I, I, I agree. I've, I'm pleasantly surprised at my strength overall. Um, and I also think I have better managed energy than I did 10 years ago because I sleep all night, every night. Right. Um, I am someone who has a low tolerance for physical discomfort. We've covered this on the show. I don't like to be overtired. I don't like to be super hot or super cold. Um, and so I think the older I get, I'm better at making responsible choices in the name of feeling good the next day. And like, mm-hmm. I mean, I have gotten ridiculously bad hangovers since I was 21 years old, which the good news is it keeps me very well behaved because I really can't. I will die if I if you've seen me. You have seen <laughs> yes. me have one too many. And I've seen you barely alive. It's I'm like it barely alive. The next day. And often it's from a number of drinks that for a lot of people would be like, oh, yeah, I don't feel amazing, but like I'm fine and functional. So that's kept me in line for many years. But I think even as I get older, I just don't like to feel like garbage, whether it's from staying up too late or like eating a bunch of stuff or having an Mm -hmm. extra glass of wine. So um, I think I have a good amount of like energy and it's well managed. And I'm just making I've made it a priority to feel good. And when I feel good, I feel really good. So that's the good news. 
I do feel stiff when I wake up in the morning in a way that I never did before. And that started probably six months or a year ago. And I was just laughing that it's it's gearing up to be 40 because nothing changed. It doesn't right. matter working out or not working out. It's a it's a stiffness. It's a 40 year old stiffness that came out of nowhere. The good news is I like to stretch and I come from a dance background and I can I can take care of my body and work it out. But I wake up stiff in a way I never used to. Um, and I've had lower back issues since my early 20s from um, it's both like Jeanette, it's it's the way I'm built and also some dance. And it's always been pretty well managed. Um, I know how to I know how to rehab my back when it gets bad. But I have just noticed that the that maintenance looks different now than it used to. Like it used to like a couple of times a year, my back would be really bad and I knew what to do to get it back on track. Now I feel like it's more often in a kind of middle place, like it's not great. Or if I sit for a couple hours and work, then I've got to stretch in a different way, even just that day to get it back on track. So those are those are some challenges. Yeah. And and weird little things will start popping out of nowhere. I remember it was the summer, either the summer I turned um, 40 or maybe the spring before that. I suddenly got plantar fasciitis. Mm, that is painful. Totally. And I was like, what is going on? So for listeners who don't know, it's like the the arches of your feet, I think what it is, is like they start curving in or something okay. like, like the muscles pull in. So basically what that means is at night, or, oh no, let me think about this for a second. I don't want to give bad information. It's, it's like there's fascia. Mm -hmm. And I think what's happening is it's when you start in the morning walking on it, it's almost like scar tissue yep. going, mm -hmm. does that sound right? Okay. I think so. But like I read about it and, and if I'm wrong, you know, if you're a podiatrist and you're listening and you're like, oh my goodness, you're so wrong. Then just let me know. Seek but medical attention for all there's your foot something problems, people. To it. There's something to when you're asleep, your foot relaxes or something or, or the, the scar tissue like goes back over. And then when you wake up in the morning and start walking on it, it breaks back up. And the weird thing is it can come and go because I had it really badly for about, I don't know, three to six months. And now I don't have it at all. But when and it, I did not link it to anything, I guess it can be linked to stress and not sleeping well and a variety of nutritional things that I never was able to figure out what it was linked to. It just happened. And so I'd get out of bed in the morning and be that person going, oh, ah, oh, oh, like on my way to the bathroom. And it would take like 15 minutes for that to go away. And then it now it's gone. And who knows if it'll come back. But it's like when I was 30, I wasn't thinking about yeah. plantar fasciitis. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's one of those like silly little things that you're like, really? Yeah. Is this what I've got to look forward to? I have, I have foot things in my family and my long living side of the family has like neuropathies and different, um, foot like circulatory neuro stuff. So I'm always on the lookout for that. I mean, both my mom and I get this thing where our feet just like basically start to cramp up if we wear even comfortable shoes for too long. <laughs> like, yeah. so anyway, I, I am on, I've not had plantar fasciitis, but I am on the, on the watch for foot pain in general. Uh, uh, uh. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves, so they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's Chewable Kids Vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. We are welcoming back Vionic as a sponsor today. And Sarah, I will be honest, I was sorting through my warmer weather wardrobe the other day and it could seriously use a refresh, but you know what's good to go? My shoes. I've got a great selection to choose from thanks to the Vionic Vitals collection. And lately the pair I keep putting on again and again is the Uptown Loafer. I have two pairs, one in sand suede and the other in camel leather, but please don't make me pick a favorite. Oh, I won't. I'll let you keep both. That's so funny, Megan, because I was a little jealous of your Uptown loafers. I was the last one on our team to get a pair, but I just did. 
I also got mine in the sand suede, and I think I've worn them like four times this week. They really finish off a cute spring outfit. The Vionic Vitals collection has the best essential styles for everyday wear to get you ready for spring. And no matter what shoes you choose, you'll be on the go in comfort because every single pair of Vionic shoes delivers their trademark Viomotion technology for a difference you can feel. Bionic sandals, sneakers, and flats all offer incredible support, stability, and cushioning, and every pair comes with a 30-day risk-free trial, so it's easy to try them out. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Okay, Sarah, are you ready to talk about some fluffy stuff here? Yes, please. Okay, <laughs> let's not talk about our health screenings and our genetic problems <laughs> and everything that could go wrong. Let's talk about our skin. How about that? Okay. So I am curious if you're seeing changes in your skin, like, and I mean, you know, within, obviously you just turned 40 a few days ago, right. but just like in the last, yeah. oh my gosh, all of a sudden I have wrinkles. What happened? But if you're, if you've been seeing gradual changes in your skin and then whether in the future you think it's time for a change to your routine. Do you see yourself doing anything different? Yes, to all of the above. I mean, I've definitely seen the wrinkles, the forehead creasing. I, I think I used to just hear the word wrinkles and kind of see it as all one thing. Like you get older, you get wrinkly. Um, and now I really see that like different people are probably genetically predisposed to different kinds of facial skin wrinkling. Um, and I definitely just see like, forehead, like wrinkles is not the right word, like creasing in a way that didn't used to be there and lots of fine lines and all that fun stuff. Um, mm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was funny when I went to, I also have like a decent amount of like hormonal acne that's very different from any other acne I ever had. It usually manifests in one giant, like spectacular situation like once or twice a month. And I do, I have found that as I've used better products, mostly thanks to this podcast and our various sponsors in the beauty industry, just paying more attention um, to regular skincare. I think my acne actually has gotten better in the last year or so because I just think I'm doing more regular exfoliating and just, just more regular skincare. So that's actually gotten a little better. But when I went to the dermatologist, it's so funny because I mostly am like, find any moles that look dangerous and tell me about them because I come from this more like, you know, I just don't want to die perspective. And because I live in South Orange County, like she's used to people who just want like everything to look perfect. And that wasn't really right. why I was there this time. Might be why I go back. Who knows next year? But she was like, oh, these little things on your face are this. She had names for everything. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I don't really just tell me like if there's anything bad. Like When, when you say that word, it sounds scary. Right? Wait, is like, it what? scary? And, and she no. was basically talking about like, uh, I'm not, I'm going to mess it up, but it's not, it would not be acne or a pimple, but another kind of little buildup on your face. And she's like, don't pick those. And I'm like, oh, I definitely pick those. So, um, I think it's learning, learning to have grown up skin. Did that answer your question? I feel like I was all over yeah, the place. It's just one of those little things where the like, sebaceous gland gets like a little, like a little buildup in I it. Think so. And then it, I know what you're talking about. Um, I don't get those like the adult kind. Uh -huh. I feel like that was the cause of some of my chin acne when I was younger but okay. so they weren't true like zits sometimes yeah they she were, said like, little... people think they're whiteheads or blackheads and they pick yeah. them but don't and I was like oh I definitely do <laughs> I used to also get something like that at the top of my arms and they're they I have not had them in probably 20 years but they look like little whiteheads mm -hmm. all over the backs of my upper arms and apparently that's like some sebaceous gland thing okay. as well anyway Again, we are also not dermatologists, it turns out. Um, okay, so to answer my question for myself, I guess I'm not seeing like any dramatic skin changes. I think what I have noticed is there's just a continual progression of everything I've seen happening for the last five years. Down, you have yes, beautiful skin, it's by downhill the way. Progression. Your skin looks 10 years old. I mean, 10 years younger than you are. Well, thank you. But I think one of the reasons it looks that way is I don't have, um, I don't have uh, forehead lines. I know. Why? I'm so mad about that. I don't know. Like, I don't have any. Cre I, I, I really think if you look at people and you see the way they wrinkle up their face when they're thinking or like stressed or whatever, you can almost see that that's where they're going to end up with those creases. Well, that's and too late for I, me now. Well, I well, and plus, I don't think it is anything you could. Yeah. You can't just not yeah. use your face. You can't just make your face go slack. Right. But like, I never that's I don't do that. I don't mm. wrinkle up my forehead. It's just not something I've ever done. Like and I. When I think about like, what would I do right now if I was super stressed? Like what face would I make? I actually would probably, 
um, grit my teeth. Mm -hmm. I think I would tense up my jaw. Mm -hmm. But for whatever reason, I just in my face, that's not the way I express myself. I don't have that crease between my eyes. So I think that just gives the impression that there's not a lot happening age wise if you just glance at me. But around my eyes, there definitely is um, a lot of fine lines. And a few years ago, I started getting these little, like look like freckly patterns. It's like melasma mm-hmm. on my cheeks. Mm-hmm. And a dermatologist who I saw, oh, no, sorry. It was an esthetician. So she was all about beauty. Right. And really didn't care about my skin health um, otherwise. <laughs> but she said often that's old, old skin, um, sun damage. So it's not mm-hmm. like it's nothing you can fix by wearing sunscreen now necessarily. It's that your skin is thinning out. And so you, it, it now comes to the surface, whereas it used to be like buried under youthful collagen, plump skin. Now it's just all it's right just there. there. Um, I have yeah. to add that also when I was at the dermatologist, she was looking at my hands and she, I think my hands look old. I have the exact same hands as my mom and my grandma. They all look exactly alike and they're very veiny. So I've always thought my hands look a lot older than they, than I am. Um, but she said she was just looking at the skin, not the veininess yeah. or the coloring. She's like, you have great. She's like, you must have worn sunscreen or stayed out of the sun 20 years ago because most people by your age. And I think it's those same little sunspots that she would be talking about that would be starting to reveal themselves on my hands now. Yeah. So I was like, OK, I'll take it. And that's something I did not well at because I've always been really good about wearing sunscreen on my face and neck and chest. And I completely forgot to put it on my hands or arms at all for like, I don't know, 10 years or something. <laughs> yeah. And it's not even like I was spending that much time in the sun, but your hands are always out in the right. sun. Yeah. doesn't matter what you're wearing. Right. And, you know, I'd wash my hands and then not reapply sunscreen yeah. to the backs of my hands. So they do have some age spots on them and things like that. Um, the other thing I've started to notice, and this is one of those like when you're thinking about what it looks like to get older, you think of the obvious stuff like wrinkles around your eyes yeah. or like, you know, chin or uh, sorry, forehead creases. But I'm noticing now the subtle stuff that you don't even know is happening until it's happening. And two of those things, one is that my um, my cheeks are just slack. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to pronounce. Like, I know. I know what you mean. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Mm-hmm. They're not. It's not obvious, but I can just tell they're just not quite as tight as yep. they used to be. And I've got this little thing under my chin like right at the base of my throat and I'm not happy about it. <laughs> like just it a looks, slackening? A, a it loosening? looks like a little waddle. Like it looks like <laughs> like a little piece of skin that's not tucked up where it's supposed to be. Um, I don't know. I've always been, I've always liked having a skincare routine. I think what I haven't been good at is being consistent with quality products. Mm-hmm. I've just kind of bought whatever. And as long as I'm using something, it seems to have always been okay. But I'm definitely feeling, I don't know, yeah. motivated. To, Agreed. That up. Agreed. Okay, so along those same lines, um, let's talk about hair. And I'll go first on this one. I'm, okay. I'm curious about changes to her hair's texture or anything we see changing about the way we style now or in the future. Um, and so I will just say, I know a lot of women's hair supposedly thins around our age. And I can only say, like, if that's happening to me, then bring it because I've loved my hair right now. I've never loved my hair more. It is like the perfect volume. Mm-hmm. It's not too much. When I was younger, it was too much. Yeah. It was like too bushy, too frizzy. And now it's just, I love, I love the length. I like the color seems to hold up pretty well. Um, but the funny thing is like my hair was short for so long. It's been long for such a relatively short uh, period mm-hmm. of time that I'm just wearing it like the way I would have when I was 25. Like yeah. I'm not doing anything special to it. And I was just thinking the other day, Sarah, like at our ages now, if it was you know, let's say 30 years ago, 60 years mm-hmm. ago, 100 years ago, we would have had matron hair. Like, oh, yeah. Whatever matron hair was then, mm-hmm. right? Like a bun or short or yep. whatever it was. And now we can have the hair we have now until we die. Totally. Like, it just doesn't matter anymore. Totally. It's so true. Yeah. Um, I love hair and I love hairstyling. And I feel like I've talked at length about how gray I am. So that's just the biggest sign of aging. I do look at and think about people who are going gray naturally. It's not something I plan to do right now, um, but it's something I notice and think about because I think trends have changed around that. Um, And I've also thought about uh, I'm happy with my hair's texture and the way I style it. Again, it comes back to I have more time to care about those things. My hair looks my hair looks good way more now, more days out of the week than it did 10 years ago. Um, And I haven't other than the increasing grayness, which I've been dealing with for 10 years. Um, I haven't really noticed any big changes. I do. I have thought about length. I have had my hair long for 10 years, probably. 
Um, and, and before that, it was just shoulder length or whatever. So I, I think there probably will be hair changes on the horizon, but maybe that's a 50-year-old thing and not a 40-year-old thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, let's talk about clothes. Okay. Curious. I mean, I know 40 is the new uh, 20 or 27 people say now. But are we um, feeling any pressure to develop a more mature look or do we see and mature? I have in quotations because what yeah. does that even mean? Um, or do you feel like it's time now to change up your style sensibility, either because of the number on, you know, your birthday or just because you're ready or because your lifestyle has changed? I'm curious how you're feeling about fashion. These days. I think I can be I'm a bit of I'm a bit all over the place when it comes to fashion. I love dressing up in something trendy, young, like sign me up for the rompers and like the like I but I don't do that very often. I just that's that's still fun for me to play with fashion in that way. I have noticed I have a low increasingly low tolerance for uncomfortable fabrics on a day to day basis. Like I bought a couple pair of like I don't know, like wide leg lounge pants that really seem like something ten someone 10 years older than I am should be wearing. But right. I work from home. I want to be comfortable. Today I am wearing jeans and a button up flannel, but I could just as likely be in some kind of hybrid jogger sweatpants situation. So <laughs> I really appreciate a forgiving waistline and a comfortable fabric, probably in ways that I didn't before. But um, in terms of style, I don't feel the need or desire really yet. I still feel I'm like I said, I'm all over the map. I can have fun getting really dressed up and participating in a select few trends. But then I'm, you know, I'm also happy just being in comfies most of the time. And I feel like that's the same as I've been for a while. So yeah, well, and even the comfies change. And, and yeah. you know, it's it um, uncomfortable fabric is one thing I also have no tolerance anymore for uncomfortable cuts, like things that hit me in a weird spot uh -huh. where there's like two inches of skin hanging out because I don't want to show that skin, but right. also I don't want to feel the air on it. Like yeah. I don't want there to be a gap between where my pants are yeah. and where my shirt starts. Like I want everything to feel comfy and covered like a hug. Yes. You know, my sister and I used to joke all the time when we were much, much younger. And even though she's 10 years older than me, I mean, when I was 20 and she was 30, mm -hmm. maybe about like, when it was Eileen Fisher times, like when we had reached our <laughs> Eileen Fisher years, would we do it together? Yes. Like, would one of us have to tell the other it's time? Like, it's oh like God. rip out the Eileen Fisher ad from the magazine so and funny. say, Catherine, it's time it's for you. Time. It's time. Um, but there is something about that sort of relaxed yet pulled together. I have money thing that like I like, you know, not, not that I want to wear like loose palazzo pants right. all the time or palazzo pants and everyone know how to yeah. pronounce that in various shades of like eggplant <laughs> and taupe but like I can see it I can yeah. see I can see the appeal and I really think for me what it is is that the older I get the harder it is to look pulled together like a I, big girl wardrobe I agree. yeah unless you're really intentional about it and I also will say because my body has changed it's really hard to pull stuff off the rack but even if I was just as thin as I was 10 years ago, if I go to Target and pull stuff off the rack, it was probably designed for someone in their 20s. Mm -hmm. So like, it's just going to look not the look I'm going for, right? Yeah. Um, so I love this idea of being kind of this like pulled together creative lady boss. Yeah. And maybe having some kind of capsule wardrobe around that. And and maybe then just not having to think about it so much. Well, yeah, I think that's a huge part of that capsule. What's attractive about that is that everything fits you well and looks yep. good together and removes the thinking about it. I will also say, I know we already moved on from skin, hair, skin and hair. But to me, a huge part of this is I do not feel cute going out of the house in comfy clothes if I also have sloppy hair and no makeup. It's like when right. you were 27, you could pick one of the three. Like you could be in your comfy clothes <laughs> and no makeup and or you could have zero of the three. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. But now if I have zero of those three done hair, makeup and clothes, I feel very unprepared to meet the world. And I did. Yes. I wouldn't have said that five to 10 years ago. So it means that I do. I think I talked recently in our products episode how I'm doing my eyebrows more often, not every day, but like. I, I put a little more makeup on more often, even if I'm wearing comfies, for example. It just feels like something's got to be put together. Maybe not all three, but. Well, and don't you think there's probably a reason like 
those really sharply well-dressed midlife women, often their palette, they're sort of where they're start or not the palette, the canvas that mm-hmm. they're starting from are sort of like simpler color schemes and shapes. And then they just like put on a bunch of accessories. Totally. And look great. And I've been thinking like, that seems like a really simple way. Like what if everything I wore was like some, some sort of gray, black, brown, like someplace in that. And then I just added all the color yeah. with scarves and things like, I feel like that just becomes fun, but yet simple and easy to shop for because you can always just find a scarf off a rack and put it on and not have to worry about whether. And now we have fun things. We have big earrings. We have like, there's all kinds of, yes, I'm, I'm agreeing. I'm on board. All right. Well, I'm entering, maybe I'm entering the Eileen Fisher years (laughs) or Or whatever the new version. I mean, I know Eileen Fisher is still around, but that reference that I'm making is like 20 years old, but I mean, Chico's sure is right. Is. I don't know if Chico's is as big <laughs> where you are. But, but Chico's also has a lot of like animal prints and things. Like, I feel like that's like the stuff where it's a little, they're like pushing the envelope a little bit okay. where all I see in my mind <laughs> were these ads that they used to have for Eileen Fisher. And it would literally be like seven gorgeous, you know, multi, like just like all different ages, all different skin tones. And they would all be wearing sort of this palette of neutrals. <laughs> and it was just, I don't know. It looked like a big, like, multicultural family reunion yes. of women. And where, yes, yes. Comfor- comfortably yet well-dressed women. So, so funny. that'll be me. Just superimpose my face on one on, of their heads. On one of those. <laughs> um, yep. Okay. Well, I think. I think we've done it. I think I'm yep. I'm here in the 40s. This has been really fun. So thanks everybody out there for listening. Um, before we wrap up, just a reminder, our sponsor, March of Dimes, is doing really great work on behalf of families everywhere. And we really hope you'll check out their tips and resources at marchofdimes.org slash the mom hour. And we're really excited to bring you a bonus episode on Friday of this coming week where we get to talk to a mom who went through a really challenging pregnancy and birth experience and has a really important story to share. And that is all part of our partnership with the March of Dimes. Yeah, look for that later this week. And of course, we'll be back with you on Tuesday with an all new regular episode where we're going to be talking about keeping our families healthy and how we've dealt with cold and flu season over the years or over the last couple of weeks. We'll talk to you then. The Mom Hour is supported by partners like Erica. Erica is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug when they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. Erica was built by a dad of three boys who saw that teens themselves were really becoming self-aware to the risks of social media, and he wanted to help them self-regulate. Erica works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Hey everyone, Sarah here. Megan and I would absolutely love it if you hit pause right now, right where you're listening and left the Mom Hour a rating and review. If our show has helped you feel a little more confident as a mom or a little less alone, that's one of the absolute biggest ways you can thank us. And it really takes about 30 seconds. If you're listening in Apple Podcasts, just navigate to the Mom Hours show listing. So not the episode you're listening to right now, but the kind of landing area for our show as a whole. And then scroll down to leave a rating or review. Thank you so much.